Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We would be honored if you would join us. Hey everyone, how are you all doing today? Welcome back to Darth Vader 2020, issue number 11. Now I'm going to give you my thoughts on this comic at the very end of this, unfiltered, but I don't want to ruin anything. So let's just go on with the comic. We will continue from the very beginning. And if you haven't caught up, please feel free to go do that right now. I have all of the videos in sequential order, going back from 2017, from those comics that Marvel made. So they're all in sequential order, in a playlist for you, ready to go. And if you are caught up, then let's begin. Darth Vader survives every single one of the Emperor's tests. The assassin Ochi and his droid Crush, the Umbaran's fleet of Star Destroyers, even the mighty tentacled horror from Red Space is no match for the Dark Lord. Now Vader bends the monster from Red Space to his will through the dark side of the Force, and begins an assault on Palpatine's secret world of Exegol. So finally in this comic, Vader lands on Exegol. He is there, he is ready to enter Sidious's chamber, Sidious's temple. When Ochi of Vestoon runs up to Sidious from the outside and screams, my lord, Vader is coming. And Sidious smirks. He knows all. So he says, Did you think I could possibly be unaware of this fact, Ochi of Bestoon? Ochi asks for his forgiveness. He says that Vader defeated him, seized the Wayfinder from the eye, and basically ran over here. Show yourself, master. So at this point, it's pretty cool to see Vader challenging Sidious, which, of course, for the way of the Sith, this is kind of just tradition. This is like, oh, he's trying to become a man. He's trying to outdo me and fulfill his destiny in killing his master, which in turn would mean that Sidious did his job in training an apprentice powerful enough to be able to overthrow him. And so forth, the rule of two becomes more and more important because that is the way you can carry on the legend of the Sith and so that they don't die out because each Sith is stronger than the last. And if your apprentice isn't stronger, well, then you will have another apprentice because you're the strongest one until you find one who can beat you. I left you weak and broken on the burning shores of Mustafar. What did that teach you, Lord Vader? I want to see your face when I teach you what it is to fear. As Vader rides in on the massive beast, Sidious has his own beasts throw at Vader. We kind of get a Godzilla King Kong moment where eventually Vader's beasts just trump all and defeat them. But there's no threat I have not prepared for. I am no longer your apprentice. This is pretty funny to me because Sidious just scoffs. He says, 
whatever. And he holds the beast in the air and has it strangle himself with its tentacles, chopping itself in half and Vader falling to the ground. You are saying, basically just mocking Vader like you're insignificant. And at this point, Vader can only be 80% of the full power of Sidious. So he will never be able to rival his master. He will never be more powerful and he will continue to just be a slave, a pawn. And it's kind of sad for Anakin. You know, he was pretty much raised and born and raised a slave and then he was a slave to the Jedi Order and then now he's a slave to his master. It's only when he dies that he becomes free. There, you sense it, don't you? You talk about fear, but even now, you forget where it all begins. With pain. Vader walks through a whole bunch of abominations being created, and as we can see, it seems like some of them might just be Snoke. Walking past the hand of Luke Skywalker, or I assume is the hand of Luke Skywalker, Sidious says, I used it all to make all of these things. I can use it to make anything. I guess Snoke is partially made from Luke's hand? This could be why he has blue eyes as well. As Sidious unleashes some weird mutant Ninja Turtle Sith wannabes on Vader, Ochi of Bestoon says, what? I, I thought there was only two Sith. And Vader says, These are not Sith. But they could be. Should you fall, I will never fall. Vader discards of them, but he gets his butt beat a little bit until finally destroying them. Then we get the Force cultists or Force priests, and they are all attacking Vader or about to with these elongated knives. No match for Vader though. He basically just deactivates his lightsaber, controls the Force, and does a little Yondu move and throws all of the swords, all of the daggers back into their assailants. Now, of course, as Ochi moves through the path that Vader makes before them, uh, he's just being a little weasel as usual and saying, My lord, can you hear me? Vader, Vader lives! And Sidious mocks the whole thing. He says, yeah, one step closer to vengeance, eh? But what's that? You still feel it, don't you, Lord Vader? What? Something here is suffering. Unfathomable pain. Whatever could it be? As they walk a little further, they see an entire fleet of Star Destroyers, and these are the ones that we saw in Episode 9. So they were basically being harbored here uh, until it was time. Vader makes a good point. Is this all you have? More monsters. More machines. If you think about it, Sidious is pretty obsessed with machines and it's kind of all he has, including Vader, who is a machine as well. Ochi looks up the schematics somewhere on the screen and says each will carry a cannon that can destroy a planet. So this is really tying into episode 9 here at this point, and it's supposed to take place between episode 5 and 6. So at some point between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, Vader went off to Exegol, tried to kill Sidious, saw that Sidious was cloning things with Luke's hand, and saw that he was creating a massive fleet or harboring a massive fleet here on Exegol, which would have each ship to be able to destroy a planet. As to why he never used this for Return of the Jedi to just fly in and blow up the forest moon of Endor? Yeah, I don't know, but uh, that's that's where we are. As they continue the path, they eventually enter this massive chamber housing a giant red kyber crystal. How is it red? Well, it's suffering, and as we know now, kyber crystals are organic, they're living things, and in order to turn them red, you have to make them bleed, so you have to pour suffering and pain and anguish into them. That was, you know, said, uh, the living mineral that powers every lightsaber, but a saber uses just the tiniest shard. To power the cannons of my fleet, I have harvested a mountain. Ochi covers his ears wide as a scream, and Vader says, Kyber is a living thing, and to serve a Sith, the Kyber must suffer. It blows off the helmet of Ochi, and we fi finally get to see his face. He's looking a little bit like a Maz Kanata sort of thing, but slash Ninja Turtle. Vader stands amidst the power of the howl of the Kyber crystals. Now, I imagine they probably sound something like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. They probably sound like the egg when it was opened not underwater. 
I tore you to pieces before, old friend. But this, this is something different, isn't it? Unlimited power beyond anything you have ever experienced, all in my hands. You feel it burning your flesh and mind, ready to incinerate you in an instant. So at this point, Sidious is in control of the Kyber Crystal, I feel like, and he's unleashing all of this power onto Vader. And that's what we're seeing here in the comic. Pain, fear, anger, power, just the ways of the Sith, just another day. And he tells Vader that, look, this is the path you've chosen. Time and time again throughout your life, even before you became this machine. But it so happens that every now and then, it seems like you need a reminder that you need to choose this path again and again constantly. If you walk with me, you will never escape this terrible pain. But only in this way can you share my power. And that essentially is the way of the Sith. You're in constant agony, you're in constant pain, and that was Vader. He never really had a moment of solace or peace. If you had peace as a Sith, you lost your powers. This is another reason why I feel like he died in the end, because he turned to of light and he wasn't holding on to his pain anymore. He wasn't letting it fuel his powers. He just went into the force. He let go of everything. We get another flashback of Vader fighting Luke, except it's completely reversed situations now. And of course, in the end, Vader succumbs once again. And of course, you can see him standing with Ochi of Bastoon, Liu Baran, Masamita, and of course, Sidious leading the way, where Vader says, Yes, my master. On to issue number 12 which I don't really know what will happen in that. It says Darth Vader hunts down the pilot who defied him at the Death Star Han Solo. So I guess we're going real original trilogy, which is going to be cool. It's going to be called War of the Bounty Hunters Prelude into the Trap. So my thoughts on this comic, I really, 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 really dislike it. And I can't say that enough. I just think it's an abomination completely to add in a story that's connecting something that George Lucas didn't approve and didn't care for and didn't even envision and to try and tie it into this episode nine that we all know, even today after J.J. Uh, Abrams just said a couple days ago in that Collider interview that <laughs> there was no plan. Like, he didn't have any sort of... He, he, th there was no outline. And uh, it just... It bugs me that they're trying to bridge a massive gap between two very, very far distances by creating convoluted stories and trying to create things so it makes sense instead of having had that plan so it would make sense from the very beginning. You wouldn't have to create all of these things in between because you would have had them all created as you went because there would have been an end and the beginning. And in the middle, we wouldn't just need to fill something in so that it looks like there's something there and make it up as you go kind of thing. So to me, Vader going to Exegol doesn't make any sense. It just this doesn't feel authentic to me. And if it does to you, please don't let my words invalidate your feelings and how you enjoy the story. I covered the comic for you because I know you guys love it, but I'm really not feeling this. This is just, you know, up until this issue, I was like, okay, all right, fine. But all of this and, and Vader going to Exegol and seeing the fleet and it's like, he could have just used any one of these Star Destroyers to go and completely blow up the forest moon of Endor or to go all throughout the galaxy and just blow up all the different planets that were out there and hold everyone ransom and say, hey, look, I'm going to blow up everything. And if you don't do as I say and stand down and absolve the rebellion, then you all die. Like it's it's that simple instead of just, you know, having that one Death Star and making it look like it wasn't fully complete or fully operational. But then, you know, that being it, it's like it, it just none of it makes sense to me. I just I don't I don't like it. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I just full on have a problem with this. Please let me reiterate something before you jump to conclusions or, you know, uh, may get sad that I didn't enjoy it. Please don't let my views ever influence you. I'm just one person. I'm just another Star Wars fan like you. And I never ever want to feel that I can't say or express myself the way I want to express myself and politely tell you that I didn't enjoy something for a certain reason. And 
have that turned or twisted on me as being negative or toxic. I want to be able to speak my mind and if I really enjoy something, I want to be able to really enjoy it and tell you that I enjoyed it for such and such reasons. And the same goes for the opposite. So if there are things you don't enjoy in life, imagine if you weren't able to vocalize those and talk about those as well, because then if you did, you'd be deemed as being negative. So for the final time, don't let my views ever invalidate how you feel about something. I implore you to go out and enjoy the sequels if you enjoy them. But for me, this just doesn't add up and it doesn't feel authentic for me. Maybe someday it will, highly unlikely, but I'm open to anything. So thanks for watching. I'll see you in the next video. Until then, remember, the force will be with you always.